Friday, May 14, Spencer Speaks Sports, hosted by Spencer Swoboda. And before I get into the, the three big topics I want to uh, talk about, the thing that caught my eye yesterday was because obviously you had the schedule release Wednesday night, and everybody knew that Tom Brady was going to be coming back to New England. It was just a matter of when, and this season is going to be week four. And the tickets for that game are supposed to be the hottest or, or biggest uh, regular season ticket in NFL history, which is insane. And it's, I mean, they're definitely right because if you go on, say, Vivid Seats or Ticketmaster, whatever, StubHub, whatever ticket site, the I think the lowest price is like $1,100 for a seat right now. And obviously, a lot of these are are resell from from i don't know whether it's season ticket holders or or whoever at this point but yeah it is just crazy i think the highest price i saw was 8800 i think there's maybe even one that was twelve thousand. i don't know if that will it'll sell for that but who the heck knows at this point if the prices are this high right now um the demand will probably be up once we get closer so yeah just ridiculous the, the prices on this ticket right now uh, for Tom Brady and obviously, of course, Rob Gronkowski too, but mostly Tom Brady coming back to play his former team in Gillette. So that's, yeah, that was an, an, just a, a crazy thing I saw, like seeing four-figure prices on a single ticket. Just ridiculous. So I wanted to get back to talking about the Rome Masters, the tennis tournament that's going on this week. And we're into the quarterfinal, semifinal stage. There was a, a rain delay that happened dirt while the matches were occurring. So I think some quarterfinal matches will be finished tomorrow. Players may have to play two matches in one day. Not exactly sure. But anyway, the woman's draw, you had two Americans left going in to Friday and Coco Goff, who's probably the, the future of, of women's American tennis, who's only 17 years old right now, but has a ton of promise. And she's, yeah, so she was in the quarterfinals playing world number one Ash Barty. And Coco Goff actually advanced in this match, not because she won this, uh, like just straight up in this match, but Ash Barty did uh, retire from the match due to injury. And so, but still, that's this is the deepest I think Coco Golf has ever um, made it into a Masters tournament or major tournament. So, at just at the age of seventeen, she's about to. Yeah, I mean, she's she's already making deep runs. Uh, she's already won uh, lower level ATP. I mean, not ATP, WTA titles. And yeah, like I said, the the rise is going to continue and. I expect a future number one tennis player right there. But yeah, so she, in this tournament, she's taken out, let's see, Putin Seva, who's a tough uh, player there, who's, I think, probably top 50 at, at this point. And then you had 17 seeds, Zakari Kogogov took out, and then seven seeds, Sabalenka as well. And then, of course, Ash Barty. So taking, I mean, getting very good wins along the way too. It's not like she's, she's getting lucky with the draw and playing weaker opponents. Like she is playing legit opponents there in Sakari from Greece and Sabalenka from Belarus. And yeah, she's earned her way into the semifinals. No doubt. 
She'll play, I think, she'll play the winner of the 15th seed, Iga Swiatek of Poland, or Alina Svitolina, the five seed from the Ukraine. And Swiatek, French Open champion last year, and Svitolina is always a, a decent player, is, is constantly in the top 10. So that's going to be a tough matchup for, for Coco Golf. I think, just in my mind, probably would rather play Svitolina. Uh, I think Svitolina is a little bit weaker on clay, but still two tough opponents. So I guess we'll, um, it should be interesting to see what happens. And then the determined semifinal match already was. Carolina Pliskova, the nine seed, is playing Petra Marchich, and and Marchich, I think, has been as high as like into the top twenty. So, still a good player, but she's fallen off a little bit. But she's making her way into the semifinals. Uh, Marchich did beat Jessica Pagula, an American player, in the quarters. And Pagula, I think, um, some people know, is the daughter of the Buffalo Bills owners uh, Tim and Carrie Pagula, but. She's making a name for herself, too. She's, I think, if you're looking at live rankings, she's up into the top 30 now based on her results in this tournament. And she took out Naomi Osaka, world number two, in the round of 32 in this tournament. So, yeah, I mean, she's doing really well. She's backing up her results. It's not like this Australian Open. Her quarterfinal appearance at the Australian Open was a fluky result. Like, she backed it up with a semifinal appearance at a WTA 500 event in Qatar right after and now she's making it into the quarterfinals of the Rome Masters tournament. Unfortunately she did lose to Marches, but I expect her to continue to move up. I don't know how high she I don't know what her like threshold is or how or her ceiling is in the rankings. But right now if she continues to put these um efforts at these events in then she could be very well up into the top 15 but that that has to require a very significant effort and uh so yeah so that's what the wta situation is in rome that's what it's looking like i want to check what coco goffs before i move on to the men i want to check what coco goffs ranking is she's right behind pagula right now so she's at a career high 29 Pagula a career high 28 so those two should be seated for for the French Open coming up in a few weeks here so that would be very cool to see give them um, some slightly easier matches in the first couple rounds there that's that's what the seed does does for you okay now I'll move over to the men's and I was critical and I think a lot of people a lot of American uh tennis people i guess um were were critical of that there was no male player in the top 30 in the world and the first time ever um since the rankings were formed back in 1979 so yeah so not a good look for american men's tennis but you have riley opelka this week making a surprise uh, or being a surprise in this draw and, and now he's into the semifinals. he took out who did he take out? Um, he might have taken out Batista Agu early on in 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 the tournament, but uh, anyway, he's moving on to the semifinals, and he's up twelve spots to number thirty-five in the world right now. So we're getting closer to getting an American back in the top thirty. I don't know if Opelka is going to do it. I mean, he has to get into yeah, he has to beat Rafael Nadal. Um, 
which is probably unlikely in the semifinals, but uh, he's getting closer to, to getting an American back into the top 30. And like I said, with Rafa, Rafael Nadal last week lost to Alexander Zverev in the Madrid quarterfinals, and now they were back playing each other here in the Rome quarterfinals. And I said it, I think, at the start of this week to where it's unlikely that Zverev is going to win two in a row against Rafa. I mean, I don't think it's ever happened or it's happened very little to where Rafa's gotten beat by the same opponent um, in, in like back-to-back events on clay. It just never happens. And that was the case. Rafa won straight sets here in Rome. It was 6-3, 6-4. So like I said, he'll play Opelka, likely get into the final because Opelka, he, even he admits he's not that great on clay. So when you're playing the king of clay, uh, Opelka's serve has to just be on, on point. That's the only way I see him being able to win. And you still have two matches or two semifinal spots to be determined. The first one is one seed, world number one, Novak Djokovic playing five seed, Stefano Sissipas. And Sissipas right now, he is up a set and up 2-1 in the second set against Novak. I think they're still on serve. But if that, when that match resumes on Saturday and Sispatas is able to beat Djokovic, that gives Rafa obviously a better chance, even though Sispatas has uh, beaten Rafa on clay before and, and is very competitive against Nadal. That doesn't mean Nadal is just going to have smooth sailing and winning and winning Rome because Sispatas is obviously a very good player. So we'll see how that turns out. And then the other semifinal is, or quarterfinal, sorry, is uh, Sonango of Italy, who's an unseated uh, player there. Let's see. He's, uh, I think, you know, Sonango may actually be, he may actually be seated for the French Open coming up because right now he's, his live ranking is 28. So you have Lorenzo Sonango playing Andre Rublev, who's the seventh seed. And, Rublev, I mean, I expect him to win that. I think Sonango's big win and last one in this tournament t- came um, last round in the round of 16 against Dominic Team, world number four. So I think his, his miracle run ends there and Rublev uh, wins. But uh, yeah, it's, it's going to shape up to be a really good final regardless, whether it's, like I said, I think it's going to be Rafa. I would be very surprised if, if it's Opelka. So Rafa versus either Novak Djokovic, world number one, Stefano Sispatas, world number five, or Andre Rublev, world number seven. It's going to be a quality final regardless of whatever three of those opponents uh, get into the final. Uh, so, yeah, so that's the, the update with Rome. And, and yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens uh, over the weekend here. All right, so Saturday, the NHL playoffs are starting, and I think there's only the one game with Boston and Washington, so the Bruins and the Capitals. And so I guess what I'll do is give my playoff predictions here. I'm not going to go hard on the analysis. I'll do that when the games actually occur and, you know, I have stats and and, and actual, like, viewing experience. I just just don't want to go completely in-depth and have – my prediction be completely wrong and just waste time on that. So what I'll do, I'll kind of briefly just go over it, say who I think is going to win the whole thing. I'll do kind of my honest analyst prediction here, 
and then re- remove any bias towards the Bruins, I guess, though obviously the Bruins are going to win the entire thing. I mean, come on now. So, so obviously, yeah, like I said, the Bruins are going to win it all, but I guess I'll do the other prediction to have a little bit of fun with it. Uh, so the, the NHL playoffs, obviously very different this year because it's all, it was all interdivision games. So I, you had like, for example, in the East division, the Bruins played seven opponents eight times during this season. They, they weren't playing everybody in the league, which will make it very interesting for the semifinals when these teams meet. But the first two rounds of the NHL playoffs, you'll have it will still be interdivision. So you'll have your one and four. So let me just keep using the East as an example. So you have the one and four seeds, which are the Penguins and Islanders play. Then you'll have the two and three seed in Washington and Boston. The winner of those two series will play each other. And then the winner of that will be into the semifinals. So that'll happen for the East, the Central, the North, and the West. Gosh, I hope I got that right. Yeah, the West. Okay. So you'll have those four teams, each of the division winners, into the semifinals. Now, how do you determine the seeding for the semifinals? Well, that's based on regular season points. So, and I'll I'll get to that in a sec once I I make those predictions. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be really really interesting to see once we're out of divisional play and once we're into the semifinals how these teams are against each other like we could see a, a complete sweep or blowout or these series could all be competitive we, we really just don't know because these teams have been um or have had a limited schedule throughout this entire season and uh i'm let's see what um i do it's expect that we won't see necessarily a ton of upsets just because these teams, especially in the early rounds, just because these teams have played each other so much, maybe the East division could be a little different because that was the most competitive division out of all four of them. But I, I really don't see there being a crazy scenario to where you have the regular season champion, the president's cup champion, uh, Colorado Avalanche losing to a team uh, who who are they losing to St. Louis who was almost twenty points behind them in the standings. Uh, I just don't see that happening. Um, but heck, who knows? But yeah, just because just because the amount of times these teams have played each other, I just don't see any major upsets going on or not or not a big number of upsets happening. But heck who who knows uh, that's just how i i see it at this point um but anyway i will get into the predictions here like i said i'm going to be an honest analyst here i'm not going to pick the bruins even though obviously the bruins are going to win the whole thing but let me start in the east division and with the bruins and caps the two the well the two c capitals three c bruins in the east division and these teams were four and four against each other during the regular season um yeah, this this I guess, like I said, if I had to be unbiased here, I think the advantage will come with uh, Capitals being on home ice for a game seven because I think this series could go very deep. And I, I'll go with Washington because of the home ice advantage for game seven. So Washington moving on, then one still East Division, one seed, Pittsburgh, the Penguins, four seed, the New York Islanders, 
And I just based off of how they played each other this season, I got to go with Pittsburgh there probably in like a probably like in six. So and all these series in the NHL playoffs are best of sevens. So I, I got I got the, the Penguins winning in six. So the East Division, I guess it would be final uh, Pittsburgh and Washington. I got Pittsburgh over the Capitals there. All right. West Division. I got the Colorado Avalanche over the St. Louis Blues. Like I said, I don't see a, a major upset there. Uh, Colorado, uh, best team in the regular season here. I see them moving on. Then I got the Vegas Golden Knights, who actually have the same amount of points as the Avalanche did uh, in the West Division, but Avalanche won the tiebreaker. I got Vegas over the Minnesota Wild. And then when it comes to the West Final, I got I actually got the the Golden Knights over the Avalanche. So a two over the one in the West final. I just, maybe, maybe it's just the Golden Knights have a slightly better defense to where that's, that's what I'm going with. And maybe I, I, that president's cup jinx kind of floats in the back of my head. So I will take the two seed Vegas Golden Knights out of the West. All right. Central division. I was kind of surprised that, uh, uh, Carol, Carolina was this good this year. Uh, they accumulated 80 points. This was very competitive amongst the top three teams. So, yeah, I got Carolina over the four seed Nashville Predators. And then this is going to be, besides Bruins Capitals, obviously, the Florida Panthers, the two seed, and the three seed Tampa Bay Lightning in the Central Division. This is going to be, I highly recommend you watch this series because it is going to be um, so competitive. These teams, I think the last games they played against each other towards the end of the, the regular season, there are a bunch of fights on the ice. Just, yeah, these teams hate each other, and it's going to be a battle of Florida kind of. So, yeah, just I, I would I would tune into this series if you have time. Uh, but I, I have to go with Tampa Bay because I think they're getting healthier. They're starting to bring back their top guys like Stamkos. I think he'll be back in the lineup off of injury. So I got to go with Tampa Bay over Florida here. And then when it comes to the Central Division final, give me the Tampa Bay Lightning over the Carolina Hurricanes. I trusted the Fenling Stanley Cup champions more than Carolina. So that's why I got them winning the Central. North Division, this is the all-Canadian uh, division here. I got Toronto over Montreal, the Maple Leafs over the Canadians there, one seed over the four, and then I got the two-seed Edmonton Oilers over the three-seed Winnipeg Jets, and then I got the Maple Leafs over the Oilers to win the North. So now we bring it together if – you had to organize the seeds based on who I picked. It would be one seed Vegas versus four seed Tampa Bay, two seed Pittsburgh versus three seed Toronto. Because if, I mean, if you're looking at, say, Pittsburgh and Toronto were in there both with 77 points, the tiebreakers are based on wins. I think it, some of the tiebreakers were the same. So you were at like the third tiebreaker and Pittsburgh was over that, which I think just based on total wins. So Sorry, that was a little confusing, but that's how that was determined. They're playing each other anyway. Um, so, yeah, so I got uh, – it. this was tough, but because the Lightning are defending, defending Stanley Cup champions, but I got Las Vegas 
over Tampa Bay. And then this was also another close one with Pittsburgh and Toronto. But because Toronto likely is going to have to go to the States and play all their games there, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know. It's it's weird with Canada right now uh, with uh, of how, how they're going to play the games and all that. But I'm thinking Pittsburgh over Toronto there. So then you have Vegas and Pittsburgh. And I am going to go as my non-biased Stanley Cup winner as the Las Vegas Golden Knights. And that is what I got for that. So Las Vegas Golden Knights, if not the Boston Bruins for the Stanley Cup. All right. And the final thing I want to get to is the Preakness Stakes. And this is also Saturday afternoon. And this is a a lot of publicity around this from the national media. Usually it does, but it doesn't get it this much. And this is because of Bob Baffert and his, the horse that he trains Medina spirit. And the fact that Medina spirit tested the positive for um, like an anti-inflammatory or or an excessive amount of a numbing agent on with the horse. So there was some controversy over that, whether or not Medina spirit would run in this race, whether or not the Kentucky Derby win would be vacated. And I don't think any of those things have happened. Medina spirit will be running tomorrow or on Saturday. And this is a 10 horse field. You have your main favorites and they're actually two Baffert horses. You have Medina spirit. And then you also have concert tour, uh, another horse of, of Baffert. So Medina spirit currently at nine to five, concert tour or at five to two and then you also have the sixth place finishing horse in the kentucky derby midnight bourbon at five to one so you would think the winner would come out of those three um i also do have a dark horse i'll get to that in a sec but i mean i don't know i kind of <laughs> i kind of feel like concert tour may concert tour may win this race over medina spirit i think it would be very interesting if medina spirit won because you have a controversial horse lined up to to try to win at belmont and win the triple crown so i mean i think for for an amazing storyline i would love medina spirit to win <laughs> To, to win this race because i think it would it would just cause more and more publicity surrounding this more and more drama um so yeah i i mean that would be very interesting to see medina spirit win um and then looking at a horse like midnight bourbon like i said sixth place uh two weeks ago at the kentucky derby you got asmussen and irad ortiz um 96 speed rating so it's it's a fast horse medina spirit at 102 though um man oh man you know what i'm just gonna because i i really want some fun stuff to happen here so i'm gonna go medina spirit to win the preakness and be one step closer to a controversial triple crown but the dark horse i want you to look out for and this would be anybody for above because i think the other seven horses are above 10 to 1 odds so the dark horse for me is crowded trade out of the four post uh, a 95 speed rating um chad brown's the trainer cassiano's the jockey at 10 to 1 odds i yeah i think this would be this would be my my dark horse pick but like i said i gotta take medina spirit because i just want to see it happen at this point
All right. So that's what I got for uh, for this episode. I'll be back on Monday to highlight the Preakness, highlight the start of the NHL playoffs. What else? So the WNBA season starting, I'll get to that. Probably maybe get to a little bit of soccer, um, the the Rome results, NASCAR, all, all that stuff. Um, I'll probably get to on Monday. So I will see you then.